0: Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy.
1: Hey guys, so Melissa and I are here today doing things a little bit different than normal. We actually have our video set up and we're trying to record audio and video at the same time but we are here to do our demonstration of the float back technique that we promised you on an earlier episode so um, melissa has volunteered to be the client in this situation and i'm going to be the therapist and we're just going to go through um, the script of the float back that we talked about but really demonstrate it as a real session and this gets about as real as it will with your clients so it was probably about a month ago, I would say, Melissa came to me and said she was experiencing some things and wanted to look at maybe doing a few EMDR sessions with me. So we decided to use that opportunity to do a float back and then we can kind of see where we go from here. So Melissa, do you want to just start out with sharing me what it is that you want to work on and what was coming up for you?
0: Yeah. So um, most of you guys have heard me talk about previous episodes, um, kind of the story of what happened with my daughter right after she was born. And uh, for those of you that haven't heard that, the super brief version is that we spent about six weeks in the hospital because she had a congenital heart defect, and it was pretty dramatic and traumatic. She was uh, airlifted to St. Louis from Springfield two different times, um, had a total of three different procedures, and just a lot of up and down um, in that process. So I have received the EMDR um, for the majority of that and really consider a lot of it very resolved and my anxiety levels about it um, are pretty minimal. However, the last time that my daughter had to have a checkup, meaning that she had to go to the cardiologist um, and have an echocardiogram and uh, get some tests run and things like that entirely just for follow-up and making sure that everything was okay, for about... Two weeks before that, I noticed that my anxiety was kicking up a lot more mm-hmm. than usual, um, and that had been been pretty okay, right? We'd done a lot of doctor's appointments without a lot of anxiety, but then suddenly I was having a big reaction again. Um, which is something that can happen even after we've resolved a lot. If it's an ongoing issue in our life, sometimes something happens. And so what I talked to Jen about was um, just kind of checking in on that with the float back to see if there is material from the past that needs to be resolved or if it's more of a a present-day trigger that's bringing this up.
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that in this exercise, what you would actually like to experience as the client is to kind of figure out – what that recent symptom um, ties back to if there's something that is maybe yet to be resolved or something that's still lingering there maybe it was a piece of the experience that was kind of hidden um, or if there's something else we want to focus on or even just targeting the upcoming experience of scheduling those appointments okay so with that Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how the anxiety showed up? What were some of the symptoms that came up or thoughts or fears? What were you experiencing? Yeah,
0: I, I would say just kind of a preoccupation with the upcoming appointment. So, you know, we schedule it about six months in advance. So it had been on the calendar for a very long time and I hadn't really been thinking about it, but then as we got closer to, um, I started just having more thoughts about her health, and is she okay, and what are we going to find out at the appointment, what if it's bad news, Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of having some uh, invasive and spontaneous images of, you know, her in the room with the echocardiogram. Um, I had more anxiety than I had in the past about her being able to do the echocardiogram well, because she's older, she's two now, and she has a lot more awareness, so I was feeling uh, a new kind of anxiety about having to explain to her what was happening mm-hmm. um, and, you know, really hoping that she would be able to hold still, that we would be able to get the information that we needed. Um, so it, it was mostly just showing up as a lot of ruminating about mm-hmm. it um, and just kind of generally feeling more on edge and more easily agitated than I
1: usually would. Okay. And that, I, I hear a little bit of the past and a lot of the future. Like a, a few things coming up about what the experience was in the past and then a lot about the unknowns and how do we deal with this moving forward and what kind right. of conversations are yet to come that you haven't experienced yet. Right. Okay. So in that, in that recent experience or recent example of when this came up, about how long ago was that when you started noticing symptoms show up um, and when you had to schedule that appointment?
0: So that appointment was probably about seven weeks ago. So it would have been about two months ago that, you know, I was in the throes of having more anxiety than usual.
1: Okay. As you think about that recent experience two months ago, is there a certain image that comes up for you that represents the worst part of that moment?
0: Yeah. So I was actually at a restaurant with a couple of friends and we were talking about something pretty unrelated and I just sort of all of a sudden got overwhelmed by anxiety and had to tell them, you know, I don't know why this is happening. I'm just super duper anxious. Mm-hmm. I actually started crying at the table and had to like, you know, tell them like, I don't know why this is happening. I'm just really overwhelmed. And it's because this appointment is coming up. Okay. Um, and so it's just kind of this out of the blue, like shocking experience that, you know, normally doesn't happen to me, um,
1: in a, in a public place. Okay. So that image is being at the restaurant and being flooded and hit with those big emotions. Right. Now, as you hold that image in your mind, what negative belief do you have about yourself now?
0: Oh, well, that would be the same one as, same one as it was for, you know, all of the other, um, memories related to her, which is, I can't handle this.
1: I can't handle it. Okay. And what emotions do you notice coming up for you right now as you hold that image and that negative belief, I can't handle this?
0: Still, yeah, there's anxiety and it mostly shows up like in my chest and then kind of up into my
1: throat. Okay. So anxiety and you're feeling your chest into your throat. All right. Now, as we do this float back, you can, as you know, you can leave your eyes open Or you can close them if you're comfortable having them closed and kind of just sitting back, taking a deep breath, and we're going to move inward a little bit more, um, do that. But if not, if you want to leave them open, just choose a spot to kind of stare at um, that helps remove the distraction. I'm going to walk back through those pieces that you just shared, and then we're going to flip back and see what this might connect with. All right, take a deep breath. And when you're ready, focus on the image of being at the restaurant and the overwhelming hit of emotions, the negative belief about yourself, the emotions of anxiety, and the sensations that you're experiencing right now. And just let your mind float back to an earlier time when you might have felt the same way before. And just notice what comes up. What do you notice?
0: Um, There were a few different uh, images that came up. And all of them were previous times that she had to have that specific test done, the echocardiogram. Um, And I don't think that, yeah, none none of them were on the original list of things that I worked through when I did EMDR, which makes sense. Um, But there was one echocardiogram in the hospital here in Springfield before it happened right before she was airlifted the second time and um yeah so that came up and then there was one that we had to do when she was in the hospital in St. Louis and she was she would have been five weeks old okay um And it was super stressful because she was really upset and crying and it was Mm -hmm. like this tiny little human and had like all of these, you know, cords attached and stickers and she hated it. And I was like trying to comfort her and ended up just telling the technician like the only way this is happening today is if I breastfeed her while we do this. And luckily they said yes. And it, it went okay. But just like the stress of that experience. Um, so that, that memory came up, um, and then the first time that we went to her cardiologist here in Springfield, um, yeah, like that—that that very first echocardiogram after everything, um, yeah, that one came up as well. So three, three different times where she had that same
1: test. Okay, as you listed those, were they listed in order, in which they happened? Is that the sequence they happened? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Chronologically. Yeah. It'd be the one here in Springfield then the one in St. Louis and the one at her cardiologist.
1: Okay. Good. Good. All right. So if you feel comfortable, close your eyes for me again. Just taking a deep breath. And again, if you'll just focus on the image at the restaurant, the negative belief, I can't handle this. The emotions of anxiety and the sensations that you feel right now and just let your mind freely float back and notice if there's any earlier time where you felt those same things just see what comes to mind
0: So there's two memories coming up and neither of them are actually about Enora. There's there's one where um, my dad had to go into a hospital. Um, I think we were in Florida, but we weren't home and he had like a a heart episode Um, and we had to take him into the ER and he was immediately admitted. So that one came Mm -hmm. up and then there was another one of um, my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor and had to have surgery for it and uh so there there's a memory like right before she left to go to Johns Hopkins where she had that surgery um and she was telling me about it and that memory came up
1: as well Uh, okay about how old were you with each of those experiences
0: both of them would have been in my like early twenties, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So like twenty two, like twenty one, twenty two for both of them. They happened pretty close together.
1: Okay, and was was the incident with mom before or after the one with dad?
0: Uh, would have been dad first, okay. and then mom.
1: Okay, in early twenties. Very good. Yeah. All right, let's try it one more time and just kind of fish and see if there's anything even younger. If nothing comes up, that's okay, but just kind of let your mind freely scan through that and see what else might be there. So when you're ready, close your eyes again. Pull up that image in the restaurant. The negative belief about yourself. I can't handle this. The emotions of anxiety and the sensations that you're experiencing right now and just let your mind float back to the earliest time when you may have felt these same things and just see what comes up
0: There's only one other thing coming up. Um, and that would have been, how old would I have been? Eighth grade. No, like seventh grade. So mm-hmm. middle school. Um, and my family was about ready to move to Singapore. We were, my family were missionaries. And my grandpa was in the hospital and he had severe. Uh, a severe cancer diagnosis and so we were we had to go to the hospital and say goodbye to him knowing that he would pass away while we were overseas Mm. and so that it was like the final goodbye um yeah so that came up as well
1: okay in about seventh grade Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. very good how are you feeling right now after just kind of pulling up some of those older experiences
0: yeah, I forget how, like, intense flowbacks can be. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: but, yeah, just, like, that that particular sensation is really present, like, in my, mm-hmm. in my chest and a little bit in my throat, just kind of that pressure and anxious sensation. I, I do feel that a little bit.
1: Okay. With all of this information, um, it gives us a good guide of where to go with the present symptom that was coming up um there's definitely it seems like a couple of experiences related to your daughter that could be resolved and probably reduce it, you know if that was the main focus reduce the symptoms around what's coming up um with scheduling those appointments for her now but if you get the opportunity to really go back into even those younger experiences i think that's where you'll see the more significant reduction in that anxiety and then i absolutely think of future, some future templates, because what you're navigating with her constantly changes. You know, every year that she develops, it's a new ballgame. You're facing something different and it looks a little bit different and um, she's understanding it differently. So we could probably do some future template work that would also really help prepare you for what those different stages look like and how to work through those. So, with all of that, this is kind of our guide that we get to use. We're obviously not going to do any of the reprocessing right now. Um, so how do you feel about maybe just taking a moment to use your container and just walk through a little containment right. exercise that says, hey, this is the place I want to put these experiences until I get to address them. Um, something that's really safe and precious and special because those are really significant memories in your life and so just to kind of hold them until you're ready to pull them back out yeah is there a certain container that comes to your mind that would fit that it could be one that you've already created or something different that feels fitting for those memories
0: yeah so the one that I use is I bury it in the ground under a tree in my backyard Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) sometimes literally, I have done that before um, but yeah just the visualization of like you know letting them be you know under the ground under that tree okay. it feels really
1: safe um, and like mm-hmm. I know where it is and you have some beautiful trees in your new yard so that's even more fitting <laughs> okay so if you want to just pull to mind that space that space in the ground notice the colors that you see as you look at it, maybe the sounds that you would hear as you're present there, what feelings would come up. And as you open that place in the ground to let all of these experiences temporarily rest, just notice them floating from your mind, from your heart, from your body into that space, don't notice the details, just kind of let them flow in. Then take whatever action helps to kind of close that or contain it to make it safe, secure, and to free you from holding them right now. As you kind of just remain in that place for a moment, take a few deep breaths, And then open your eyes whenever you're ready. Okay. How do you feel now? Good. Much better. Good. Okay. Is there anything you want to share or reflect on for our listeners as we kind of just wrap up this demonstration?
0: Yeah. Um, if you have not personally experienced a flow back, I highly recommend um, either just sitting you know, with the script and doing it with yourself or finding someone to partner with to do it, because it is a really unexpectedly powerful and profound experience. And this script, as simple as it is, really does kind of tap into um, a different memory set that we normally would not access on a conscious level. None of those things are things that I had consciously connected. Now, logically, it makes sense when we, you know, think about what the trigger was and why it might be connected but those aren't things that i had necessarily thought of really i haven't mm-hmm. thought of some of those in years um but that goes back to the physical sensation and the physical reaction um and the body remembers and that's what the float back does best is it tells us where those unconscious and subconscious connections are that we don't come up with uh, on our own just from direct questioning
1: yeah you know i think sometimes even us as therapists or psychoanalyzers, we, our cognitive side can even stand in the way of us being able to understand what our symptoms are connected to, that we can be thinking through it so much that you could you could have probably drawn the conclusion of where it drew back to with your daughter specifically. Uh-huh. But then there's a part that when you let go of that thinking part of our brains and you just relax into the experiencing and the emotional side there's these new memories that pop up that we probably wouldn't have even made the association with otherwise. Right. Thank you. Seriously, thank you for being vulnerable enough to do this and willing to do this for our listeners. Um, And just to kind of put your story out there again and be open to that. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really believe in the float back. I feel like it's a one of the most important tools we have. So I want everybody to be confident and comfortable. So hopefully this was helpful.
1: Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to noticethat at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time.